Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sherry Clips. Tonight's an exciting night because I have a special host with me tonight. I have Jerry Woodruff. Jerry, can you join the show with me? Absolutely. How y'all doing? Good. Every, I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. I have with me a fellow comedian. It's my pleasure to introduce the great, the powerful Kimberly Wilson. <laughs> That's a welcome little elevated, but hi. Hi, welcome <laughs> Thank to you. Sherry Clip. This is, this, this is so great having you both come on the show tonight. Um, now, why don't, Jerry, let's talk about you for just a minute. Um, you are a comedian, and where are you from? I'm from Hartsville, Alabama. Nice. Which is probably 20 and, minutes south of uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. And Kimberly? I'm from a small town in between those two called Somerville, Alabama. But both of us kind of identify as Huntsville comics because that's where all the comedy happens around here. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell me, um, what is it like being a comic in that area? (laughs) Well, for me, it's especially interesting because I am a high school teacher, a mom, a wife, and a lesbian in the deep south. So let's just say I find uh, comedy as the coping mechanism that is necessary to survive here. (laughs) Absolutely. No. Now, Jerry, you two have known each other for some time. Um, Give me a little insight on how you guys met. Uh, We met at Wish You Were Beer, wasn't it? I don't remember exactly which one it was, probably. Yeah, more than likely. Uh, There's a Wish You Were Beer uh, tap room here in Huntsville. That do a, does a, every on Tuesday. We just got through doing the show, actually. Their open mic is on Tuesday nights, and uh, it's called Wish You Were Funny. So we we both went up there tonight and did five minutes each, and then uh, anxiously waited on your show to start. <laughs> so exciting. I, thank you so much for both of you coming on the show after already being on a show. How awesome is that? <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little bit about you, Kimberly. I, I know you've you've actually won some best comic titles in Huntsville. Is that correct? It is. Um, there's the best comic in Huntsville was back in November of 2018, and then also I've won a funny as ale or what is it? yeah funny it's as funny ale, as ale yeah. yeah. Funny as Ale, which is sponsored by a brewery here called Straight to Ale. That's why I was stumbling. But it's a, a comedy competition at Stand Up Live, which is our mainstream comedy club in Huntsville. And also I got to be on a, a traveling version of Comedy Central's Roast Battle 
and did a round in it and won my round, and that was a lot of fun as well. Destroyed the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It's really awesome. Now, I have to ask you, were you up against Jerry at all in any of these? No. Luckily, no. Oh, no. I, I still talk to her. I would still be crying if I'd gone against her. She is hilarious. <laughs> So what is what is it like getting up on stage for the first time, would you say? Well, the first time, it's basically a bundle of nerves, and you're trying not to pee your pants. But um, once you've <laughs> survived that and you get the adrenaline rush that you can only get from performing live stand-up comedy, then you're a hook. Absolutely. How? So is is it the content that you're throwing out at everyone, or is it the reactions you're getting from people, would you say? For me, it's kind of a combination of both, because my comedy, luckily, has begun to evolve into some more, like, personal narrative kinds of things. So the content I find exhilarating because it's more personal now than it's ever been. So to see if that is going to work and make people laugh, but also, you know, sometimes maybe make them think, it's it's the greatest thing ever. But then also just to, to make people laugh, especially in the type of political and social climate that our entire country is in right now, and it's especially yeah. bad in the South with all, you know, yeah. like Alabama's abortion law just having passed and all sorts of what seems like very oppressive um, you know, social climate, it's the best thing in the world to make somebody laugh and just forget about all the crap for a while. Yes. Hmm. That's great. Now, <clears throat> I understand, like, every comic has, like, their own sort of style. What would you say, the both of you can answer this, um, whoever wants to go first, uh, what is your type of style as a comic? Well, for me, um, mine is, is basically finding things in my actual everyday life that I can put some sort of twist or spin on to make it funny. Although sometimes just life itself ends up being funny enough to take on stage. But like mm-hmm. the titles that I kind of spewed out at the beginning, you know, I have material that's about being a teacher some about being a mom, some about being a wife, some about having a wife, you know, some about being gay in the South, in America, just all sorts of stuff. But I do it kind of tongue-in-cheek and with a Southern kind of style, I think, a lot of times, and a potty mouth most of the time. That's my girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly my style is... Uh, things if I don't if I don't find some way in my head to laugh about it I wind up uh snapping and crying about it and uh I'm too tall and fat for anything in my house to hold me up so I have to just laugh about it instead. <laughs> <That's funny. clears throat> um so you guys actually listen to other comics. Do you um ever feel that um some people just shouldn't get up there and become 
comedians? I mean, have you went across some really bad ones? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was thankful that we had to leave this open mic to come out here and be on their show <laughs> because I had seen some of the people that were on the lineup after we had to leave, and I was happy to go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pretty broad sense of humor, and if I get up and pretend to go smoke a cigarette, it's got to be bad. <laughs> and some of them, it's like they they get up there time after time, week after week, and deliver what they, I guess, think is funny, but to an absolute dead room of faces just staring back at them. And so I don't know what possesses them to continue to get up, but some of them will uh, and do every single week. Why, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at me while you're saying this? <laughs> you almost feel violated. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's so bad. I'm about to go stand back outside the car. <laughs> Yeah, well, the reason why I asked that is I have interviewed a lot of people um, off the show. Um, and, you know, I, I like to talk. I meet people all the time. And I've come across a couple comedians late, recently that they're into the comedy for um, being able to have free speech. And it's not really to be funny, I find. And I don't know if this is something um, that you seem to come across. Um, I don't go into and watch a lot of stand-up, so I don't know. Um, but do you, as a comedian, do you guys feel that it's it's turning to that? Yeah, I I think that does happen kind of on occasion, and sometimes those are those people that don't get the reaction <clears throat> that the rest of us seem to thrive on. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand. Again, just like with the ones that aren't getting any reaction, why you would want to choose a comedy open mic for that forum, but, you know, everybody has their right and they'll get their five minutes and we'll all endure it. But those are also ones who are not going to progress very far in comedy unless they can find a way to make their free speech funny. Because that's kind of what it boils down to. You have a lot of people that will, kind of, we call them hobbyists, that will get out and play around with the idea of doing comedy. And then there are those that actually work on it. Like they will try to hone their craft and get better and study and watch and refine and do all the things that are necessary to then get booked on shows. And, you know, you actually kind of work yourself up up the proverbial ladder. But then those people that are there just to hear themselves talk and, and give their perspective, well, they'll get their five minutes to do that, but that's about all they're going to do with it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, some people uh some people don't understand that freedom of speech gives you the right to say whatever you want to say, but on the other side of freedom of speech, everyone else has the right to not listen to shit they don't want to listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I that's totally freedom of hearing. Yeah, that's, that's freedom of hearing. You got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I exercise my freedom of not wanting yeah. to hear shit you say. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she's always flexing on me that she's got more college than I got. But I, have, I have none. So. <laughs> I did get a compliment today, though, Kim. What was your compliment? I, I, I got told by a northerner that I spoke too fast. 
Can you believe it? Hardly. First time in my life, 39 years, as someone from the north said, slow down, you're talking too fast. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm still kind of astounded. I'm I'm proud. This makes me wonder if that northerner's got a hearing issue. I don't know. (laughs) That's just not happened to any of us down here. No. You know what it is? It could be just the accent got in the way a little bit. That's how oh. I, I do speak Southern horribly. <laughs> but, but the accent doesn't usually expedite things, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like, well, can you speed that up? Well, People want to record yeah. it and put it on fast forward. Yeah, it's called a Southern draw, not a Southern sped up. <laughs> a Southern sprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hold on, they, Ogre. They better... Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Ogre, that is definitely, that. that is your, Jerry's nickname, correct? Or is that your stage yes. name? Or both? That's his nickname, and I'll tell you honestly, Sherry, it's kind of freaking me out that you keep calling him Jerry, because I'm thinking you're talking to some third person in our car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and you if you could see him, you would understand kind of... the nickname. Oh, okay. Well, Ogre. Whichever you feel yeah. like you want to be called, I just every time I talk to you, I see your name come up. So I guess that's right. why I couldn't get into the whole ogre thing. <laughs> that's fine. She can't even say it without laughing. Yeah. I can't. Right. <laughs> well, I, I'm just six trying to picture why you got this. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Are you green? That's what I. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only after Taco Bell. Yeah, it depends on if I've had Taco Bell or not. Then I turn a little green. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, you're green after those Irish car bones. I was. Oh lord. Let's just say he he celebrated real good on his birthday. Yeah. Uh oh. I turned a. I turned 39 Sunday, and as a 39-year-old person, I know better. I know better than to have seven Irish car bombs in one night. Unfortunately, I celebrated my birthday on Friday night when I was still 38, and the 38-year-old didn't know no damn better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy birthday. I made that parking lot like a Rorschach test. Thank you, thank you. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm glad I missed that. Yeah. Look at this puddle. Does this guy look drunk to you? What are you seeing here? <laughs> this about didn't know when to quit. <laughs> yeah. Soon to be 39 year old wise guy. <laughs> I see a high bar tab. That's what it looks like my paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Kimberly, I just want to ask you, would you like to give a little bit of an example of some of your your work? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> huh. Just yeah. for, you, if she, She's more than welcome to if she wants to, but just for future reference, there is nothing more awkward as a comic <laughs> than to tell a joke into a phone. Oh, I know. Well, you know, I, I I have been told that so much on the other podcast that it's very hard to be because you 
to do your work into a phone because you ain't getting the reaction that you can on yeah. stage. And but I didn't know. I'm throwing it out there. If you wish not to, that's okay. We can just continue on. Now well, let's put her on the spot. Do it. Do yeah. it. Do it. Well, I'll tell you, two two things are going to propel me forward here. One is just because I would like to historically present to you the very first joke I ever told on stage as of this most recent iteration of stand-up. And secondly, because you're actually laughing, so I'll go for it. So, <laughs> I fucking hate celery. Because that shit is Satan's dental floss. I've had people ask me, well, have you ever tried ants on a log? Yep, still gross. Plus, it makes one throat punch whoever fucker thought it was all right to mess up peanut butter. Well, it's mostly water, and it doesn't really have a taste. Yeah, well, that's what they say about jizz, too, but I'm not putting that in my Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I said that last week, and this lady wow. in the back, she's like, jizz does, too, have a taste. I said, oh, my bad, some guzzler. <laughs> okay. She said, screw you, I don't swallow. I said, oh, so you're like the splooge sommelier. You just kind of swish and spit. Got it. Mm. So, there you go. There's nothing like a humming wine snob. <laughs> Good Lord. That was funny. I'm not sure good. you were... <laughs> Thank you. I, I didn't know if that was a little more than you bargained for, but you asked for it, Sherry, so there you go. That's a true hey, story. Hey, That's it. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> now, so, Jerry, I'm going to turn to you. Oh. Do you have anything you could share? Well, I'm working on a, a premise now. Uh, you know, I'm, I've told you before I'm visually impaired, but... Uh, one of my 17-year-old's friends ran over my daughter's bicycle and bent the back rim real bad. And uh, I was telling Kimberly about it, and she says, well, did you go out there and look at the bike to see if it was bent up real bad? I was like, well, I don't know. I couldn't really see it if I tried, and I haven't gone out there and rubbed the bicycle down. I'm not a pedal file. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to ask you guys, who who actually inspired you to become a comic? Like, is it, was it a, were you watching a comedian, or what got you into this? Well, for me, it, I have this weird history. Like, I've done stand-up seriously and consistently for just a little over a year now, but, you know, and I was so... This most recent iteration, I was 49 when I started. However, I can remember in middle school making a conscious decision because I've, I've, I'm overweight and I've been fat my whole life. And in middle school, you, there was this crossroads that I came to that basically I could either be ashamed of my body type and sit back and let life pass me by or... I figured out that if you're funny, it doesn't matter what you look like, you're going to be popular and have friends. And so that was kind of the switch that flipped for me when I was in middle school, and I just kind of continued on in developing that part of my personality for the remainder of the time until I actually took it on stage. 
But there, I, when I was about 18, 19 years old, something like that, there was a comedy club, like a professional-type comedy club in Huntsville at the time that I would go and do their open mic, and I don't remember much about it. I remember that I was moderately successful. Like, I remember getting laughs. I don't have a clue what I said back then. But then I graduated college, and life got in the way, and then I kind of dropped it and went off to Texas to live and teach school. Well, then I got involved in improv comedy when I was out there, but there's always been kind of this little something inside me that pulled me to stand-up. I loved watching stand-ups. I would love going to shows, et cetera, and always thought, man, I wonder if I could do that. And then last year in January, I, my mom passed away, and she was like my best friend on the planet, so it was a really hard time. And I went to a comedy show to try to, you know, find some levity in the world. And there were they were advertising a stand-up comedy class that they were going to be offering at this at Stand Up Live, the comedy club here. And I was like, well, you know what? Why not now? Let's just take this class, and then it will answer the question on whether or not I can or should do stand-up. So I took the class, and as they say, the rest is history. I've just, you know, kind of not looked back and not stopped since and don't plan to look back or stop anytime soon. Oh, very interesting. Thank you for sharing all that. Jerry? Sure. Well, I'm the exact opposite. I was fat and miserable in middle school. (laughs) I, uh... (laughs) Before I lost most of my eyesight, a, a bunch of my friends would always say, oh, you're so funny, you should you should do stand-up, you're really good at observational humor. But uh, nowadays, it's it's really hard to do observational humor when you can't observate anymore, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I get up there and do my best. I feel like you still observate very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, we are so lucky to have you both as comedians right now. I mean, there's, from what I hear, there's a lot of people that come to you guys, and you guys are doing great at being comedians. And, you know, it, it's, it's just great that you guys are able to find this type of humor within you because I know a lot of people who don't have any humor in them whatsoever. So oh, it's aren't they miserable? Yeah, no. Kim, you're you're also a teacher, so you must. I can't yeah. imagine like you. You must have so many things you could laugh about during a day. <laughs> well, I'm still, you know, although we're out for the summer, I'm still currently employed as a teacher. So there's a lot that's going to have to wait until I retire. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I do, I do find humor. Um, I just have to be real careful in the way that I present it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You must be a children are hilarious. Oh yeah. You know it's funny. If you ask my students, they would probably say no because I'm I'm pretty <laughs> different at work. I'm kind of a hard ass. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I I'm as laid back as they let me be, but a lot of times they don't let me be. So you know, That's I'm not going to get run over just for the sake of a few right. giggles. So. Yeah. I know my buddy Kimberly. All those poor students know Miss Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. <laughs> and they're two very different people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So you must have at least some of them that you have taught now that they're older come back and maybe see you do some comedy. I wonder, yes, I, you know. 
Do they comment at all? Well, it's funny because I I have one student in particular. She's just a, a real good kid. I had her when she was – I teach high school. And so I had her when she was a freshman mm-hmm. and then as, for a different cl- class again when she was a senior. And she just finished her freshman year of college. And um, I also teach with her mom. And she has seen me do it and absolutely loves it and wants to – to see me anytime she can, although her age, you know, makes it very selective when she's able to come, depending on where I am. I have other mm-hmm. students that are currently still in high school who aren't able to come see me, luckily, um, but have heard that I'm a comic, and they're just astounded. They're like, oh, I heard that you did stand-up. And I was like, yes. <laughs> they're like, no way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And then I don't know if it was brave or stupid, but I decided at the end of school this year that I would do some stand-up for our faculty and staff. And so mm-hmm. I figured out six minutes worth of clean comedy that I could do and did it, and they really liked it. So that was good at least. Oh, it's awesome. Very hey, how good it went. She's allowed back this fall. Yeah, I didn't get fired or anything. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, that's good. That's very Clearly, good. I did not tell the celery joke. Yeah, yeah, she left the celery part yeah. out of that bit. No, no splooge yeah. in the jokes at school. <laughs> yeah, that that must have been pretty yeah, rough though to make six minutes of comedy be clean, like. You know, though, it, I'm I have been um, pretty diligent about writing since I started, and so I have a lot of material. It was just a matter of combing through the material to to pick out the six clean minutes. It's not as hard, you know, because if I if I put it all together, I probably have between 40 minutes and an hour worth of stuff currently. So, you know, being able to pick out six minutes wasn't too bad. Right. Well, what what is the longest you've had to do comedy for? I think my longest set currently has been 25 minutes, and that's yeah. one of my goals this year. Is I want to I want to find an opportunity between now and April 2020, because that's my comedy anniversary is in April. So sometime between now and then, I want to do a 30 minute set somewhere. Oh. Yes, and my How goal is to watch been... her do that at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wish I could. Um, how long have you been doing comedy for? Well, just, just a look, you know, on April 22nd this year, it was just one year that I actually focused and started, you know, since I took that class. Wow. And, Ogre, you've been about a year too, right? Uh, even longer. I think it is like, uh, the open mic in July, I think they had of last year. At Stand Up Live was my first time on stage. I did three minutes. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I ever saw you, but we didn't actually connect and be friends at that point. Because you were like, look at this guy. There's no way I'm talking to him. I was just like, wow, (laughs) good for him. (laughs) Wow. Well, you both are doing amazing, and you've come so far um, in just a year. I, I actually thought you've been doing it a lot longer than that. 
but wow, you you've done great in winning, you know, these titles and and doing all this stuff with your comedy. I really hope the best for both of you. Um, we've come down to about a minute left. Is there anything else you'd like to share with everyone? I'd like for Kimberly to promote her show she has coming up this month. She is booked up solid this month. <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone is um, local, let me see. I'm trying to figure out where it is, but... Um, yeah, we're doing a there's a show in Huntsville at the Interspace Brewery on June 21st at 7:30. That would be awesome if people could come out to that. And I'm also going to be in Chattanooga a couple of times, so they can just look on my Facebook page for dates. Excellent. Yeah, and if, if you guys Right, and if you would like to share that to my page as well, that'd be great. And um, any of my listeners would be able to um, look from, you know, if they see me, they'll be able to see it as well. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you both, Jerry Woodruff uh, Ogre (laughs) and Kimberly Wilson. Thank you both so much for joining me tonight. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having us on. Great. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. And please look for the link once again on Sherry Clip and help me share this out there into the world because everyone needs to know who these two people are. And please look for um, any of my postings I have on their upcoming shows. Thank you. Thank you guys so much and have yourselves a great week. Thank you. You too. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for everyone for listening. Have a great night. Bye-bye.